Welcome to our latest episode of At CE Enter Stage. I'm your host, Sasha Papp. Today, we're diving into the vibrant world of startups in the realm of mergers and acquisitions. Our discussion will revolve around the unique challenges and opportunities that startups face in this dynamic landscape. Joining us are our distinguished guests, Lucia Rage, who leads the startup ecosystem at InfoBeep and offers insights from the InfoBeep Startup Tribe program. Dragan Abajic, a partner of CMS Serbia, specializing in employment law with a rich background in startups. And Maria Zrnoprosic, a partner at Bardec Lisac Mušec Skoko, in cooperation with CMS, known for her extensive experience in corporate M&A. Our guests will share their perspectives on how startups and investors navigate the complexities of M&A, the support structures that aid their growth, and the impact of innovative programs like InfoBeep's Startup Tribe. The world of startups is ever-evolving and crucial for the future of business. So without further delay, let's step into the CE Enter stage and delve into these fascinating insights from our expert panel. Dragana, startups are no longer reserved for specific parts of the world and the CEE region seems to attract more and more startup investments. Based on some studies, the value of startups in this region increased 20 times in the last 10 years. Is this part of economy as promising as it seems? What are your impressions? Thank you. Um, I believe that the trend of the startup development in CE is indeed uh, very promising. Um, and the examples from uh, Serbia, Croatia and other CE countries uh, seem to prove that. Uh, you already mentioned that the uh, value of startups increased significantly uh, in the last decade. And this is very important for this ecosystem. However, not uh, uh, also uh, the number of startups uh, uh, is uh, uh, is getting bigger and bigger, uh, but unfortunately, not all of them uh, succeed. Uh, however, this is a good sign uh, because it shows uh, that uh, there is a very positive and encouraging atmosphere uh, supported uh, by the local success stories, and the local success stories are those which create uh, value. Um, so um, I also believe that uh, that the growth in the CE startup ecosystem is um, not just about uh, valuation uh, numbers. It's about creation of job opportunities. Um, CE startups are among uh, Europe's most efficient in, uh, in terms of job creation uh, per euro of venture capital invested. And, and this efficiency in scaling, uh, especially new sectors uh, such as um, uh, enterprise software uh, and, and gaming, uh, suggests a highly promising economy, I think. Great. Thank you, Dragana. Lucia, you deal with startups daily. How do you see the development and the perspective of startups in the region? So CE has definitely emerged as a hub of innovation and entrepreneurship during the last decade. As you said, with more than 30 unicorns and ninefold increase in startup value. So even though the VCs have been more cautious with their investments in 2023, where we have like 1.1 billion euros compared to 2.2 in 2022 and 1.9 in 2021, according to Dealroom, CEE has still remained a talent-rich, low-cost and entrepreneurial land of opportunity. Uh, what we can say from our point of view, 
we have currently over 370 startups in our program and 170 approximately are from the CEE region. And some of them actually grown to become the largest startups in their representing countries. For example, Sion, the largest Hungarian startups. And many others have managed to receive VC funding, some of them even in 2023, despite the so-called funding drought. So we still consider CEE to be a so-called startup goldmine. However, whether many of them would would uh, will follow the American dream and move their headquarters to the US, of course, remains to be seen. What are the most common issues that startups face in this region? Dragana, maybe we can start with legal perspective. Based on your experience, what are the key legal issues? Whenever we start working as in a, uh, with a startup, uh, we usually always start with fixing the basics. So. Um, I mean, due to budget limits uh, and focus on commercial uh, aspects of the business, the startup usually do not spend much energy on, on the legal aspects of the business. Um, creators are very passionate about their ideas and um, most of their focus remains on the creative side. And in most cases, they're just not equipped to think about uh, all the legal risks that they need to uh, prepare against in order to protect and uh, develop their project long term. Um, they usually come to us when they've already been um, uh, shopping around their idea, trying out something, but without making sure that their idea is properly protected. Um, they share the details uh, of their project with third parties, um, uh, either without an NDA in place or with an NDA based on a template that they just found online. Um, or uh, they establish a company uh, based on an uh, off-the-shelf shareholders agreement um, um, without any consideration for solving, you know, uh, potential disagreements and exit situations in the far future. You know, this is usually these ventures start, uh, started out as, as you know, uh, uh, cooperation among friends that trust each other, but, you know, long-term, you need to um, think about uh, all of the issues that might come down along the road, you know, uh, and all the, the problems uh, that partners may face when they uh, dis disagree uh, on, on something that's important. Uh, so this is where, uh, where you need to have lawyers that uh, think ahead and uh, have experience on what might uh, come. Also, um, uh, when uh, hiring contractors, for example, uh, co uh, uh, startups usually do it based on, on, on contracts uh, that they also you know, found online and they, that do not provide an adequate level of protection uh, of their uh, IP. And this is especially important. This is this is crucial, and this is where we've come with the, a lot of problems for the startups that we've been working with. And and these are just some some common examples. Um, the competitiveness uh, of of the employment uh, market in this area, uh, especially when we're talking about the tech talent, um, uh, this has increased significantly in the last uh, few years. Uh, so startups often uh, also need proper legal advice on employment contracts, on on equity compensation, on remote work policies. Um, 
also because uh, you know protecting intellectual property in this uh, landscape where talent is highly mobile, uh, this is a critical area. So you also need to have a really really solid non compete and non uh, and, and confidentiality clauses. So this is all you know uh, that we've been working with when aiding uh, uh, startups. Um, um, and, um, you know, if you do not uh, deal with this at, at the beginning, uh, then uh, this usually results in higher costs, you know, down the line when investors uh, uh, base their evaluations on the legal status. Uh, of the business and and then they request additional legal actions to protect businesses so it's better to do this you know as soon as uh, as possible um, and I mean, uh, there's also, yeah, a, a lot of, you know, uh, regulations that are different in, 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 uh, country to country, you know, uh, uh, when it comes to startup and developing of business. And luckily many countries have, um, are trying to, uh, to make things easier for startups, uh, by adjusting their laws to this ecosystem. And, and Bulgaria, for example, did so very recently. So, uh, you know, uh, I just gave a few examples, but this is why we, uh, usually suggest our clients to ensure legal compliance as soon as they can uh, and uh, not to underestimate the importance of this aspect uh, of the value of the business. Uh, so networks such as, uh, such as CMS uh, provide startups uh, 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 with support such as um, Equip program that we're very proud of, uh, uh, which helps uh, startups protect the value of their business uh, on time. Okay, let's uh, continue with uh, this idea of equip program uh, that Dragana mentioned. Maria, could you please share more details about it? Sure, Sasha. Um, equip is a legal accelerator program uh, whose members benefit from a 50% discount on standard hourly rates during three years. This applies to all jurisdictions covered by this EQIP program, which is very important for startups uh, operating in more than one country. I can give you an example from Croatia. We had a startup that wanted to expand its business in the UK. They used this program and thanks to this, they managed to incorporate the company there and set up their business in a legally compliant manner without excessive costs. Because as I said, they had a 50% discount during the uh, first three years. Uh, however, Equip is more than that. Uh, in addition to this financing aspect, it enables startups to meet with relevant market players. Um, there is one recent example from uh, Serbia. Uh, thanks to this CMS business network, uh, a startup from Serbia was given the opportunity to showcase uh, their product to a US-based uh, venture capital fund. Uh, I think that they are currently negotiating one uh, million euro investment. Uh, Dragana, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that they're currently negotiating it. This program sounds very useful for startups, but what about startups which are not, let's say, there yet? Lucia, can you tell us more about the criteria that InfoBeep uses to select startups for the InfoBeep Startup Tribe program? And in what ways does the program support these startups financially or maybe otherwise? So since InfoBeep Startup Tribe is something that we call a perks program in the Silicon Valley, 
This means basically that we give free credits to startups that want to use our products and services. So we have to work with startups that are mature enough to either start using our products immediately or start implementing them within a few months. Uh, this basically means since we are on the channel communication platform that a product obviously must exist already. Otherwise, the development stage of the startup is just too early for our program. Uh, in this context, I guess you could say that we provide them with some kind of financial support, uh, not in a way that we would fund them as an angel investor or a VC would, but we offer them free funds, which can be used on our communication services. Uh, this, of course, helps them focus more on their product development, um, marketing, customer acquisition without having to worry about additional costs, which, of course, uh, is very helpful to, to startups, especially where they're trying to raise funds. Thank you, Lucia. Let's switch to the other side of the story and investors' perspective. Would you say that investments in CEE startups are more challenging for investors than in other countries? Are there any local particularities that come into play, Maria? Sure. Uh, well, when comparing uh, the CEE region with jurisdictions such as the UK or US, uh, there are noticeable differences uh, based on uh, our experience with uh, CE startups. Uh, we can say that they um, are often adopt um, templates from these markets, which are not necessarily uh, aligned with uh, local legal requirements. Uh, for instance, in smaller jurisdictions such as Croatia, Serbia or Slovenia, uh, they tend to um, uh, they tend to um, offer different classes of shares, convertible loans, options. However, considering that uh, most are limited liability companies, uh, this means that significant adjustments are needed. Um, in practice, we as legal advisors uh, help uh, with adjusting these legal instruments to fit within uh, local legal uh, frameworks. Uh, while this is not something that hinders foreign investments, it definitely adds additional layer of uh, complexity. Uh, in general, I would say that the potential for investors in the CE region, in CE region is significant. I will repeat the sentence. So um, in general, um, I would say that the potential for investors in the CE region is significant, but is underscored by its diversity. We are talking about many countries with different political landscape and history, resulting with uh, different regulatory uh, environments. Uh, this necessitates tailored legal strategy for due diligence and risk management. And here again, the role of legal advisors becomes very important uh, because legal advisors help investors to capitalize uh, on the region's potential while managing all these risks uh, efficiently. Lucia, if I'm not mistaken, Infobip is not only a supporter of startups, but an investor too. Can you maybe share your experience with investments in this region? 
Although we formally do not have our own CVC yet, Infobip has made a strategic investment in the creation startup STEMI. So together with Damir Sabul, the founder of Photomath, Infobip has supported the tech startup with 400,000 euros, uh, while our relationship with them was also strengthened with the partnership. So each year we help them organize the schools of future, and we also are one of their program partners. But within the program, we also, although we do not directly invest into the startups, we do have over 150 VC partners. So we connect uh, our startups uh, with the partners in hopes of them, of course, receiving funding. What about the future? Do you believe this trend of increasing number of startups in the region will continue? Do you expect any major changes in uh, legislation or otherwise that would further facilitate and boost this segment of economy, Lucia? So we really see that there's a noticeable trend of growth within the startup scene in the CEE region. And of course, it seems to continue. So one of the most prominent trends we observe, not in just in CEE, but in Europe, but I will say also globally in general in 2023, is the increase in female founders. And we believe that the shift is quite significant and is bringing a new dynamic to the startup uh, landscape. Uh, of course, another major development is the adoption of enterprise, enterprise AI. So it's not just about the technology itself, it's how businesses are leveraging AI to improve their operations, to make smarter decisions and focus more on customer needs. And we believe that this uh, adoption is a big step for the CEE region as it positions businesses here to be more competitive on a global scale. And all along, these trends point to an exciting and evolving startup environment in, in our region. Yeah, I agree uh, that the uh, startup growth in the uh, CE region will continue, uh, though its intensity might vary uh, across different areas. Um, from legal point of view, a crucial factor in fostering this growth is uh, legislative change, of course. But in addition to that, uh, what is essential is making uh, a business environment uh, more attractive to investors. Uh, we are seeing some positive uh, trends in this regard, uh, with some jurisdictions um, introducing more flexible legal structures. Uh, Dragan already mentioned Bulgaria. They really are a prime example uh, with their legislative change uh, in 2023, which enabled legal entities with variable capital. Uh, in essence, uh, startups uh, can uh, incorporate a company with lower capital requirements, reduced administrative tasks, uh, more flexibility. So uh, in the end, this uh, legislation uh, enabled um, a starting of business in a more uh, easy manner. That's great. Dragana, your thoughts about the future? The main challenge that we see for the CE startup, uh, startup ecosystem um, is uh, in the employment sector, uh, particularly in, in sourcing experienced software engineers. Um, uh, this the, this um, challenge has intensified since 2019, um, partly due to the global uh, shift uh, towards remote working. And this shift has broadened the labor market, uh, escalating this huge competition for talent. 
Uh, and now our startups are competing uh, uh, for talent, not just locally, uh, but uh, globally for the skilled uh, tech professionals. And um, um, to address this, uh, several Eastern European countries are actively uh, working to attract their diaspora. Uh, aiming to uh, strengthen their local startup ecosystems with experienced professionals uh, uh, from abroad. And uh, legal frameworks are being updated to facilitate this uh, return uh, of uh, skilled uh, workforce and their integration into the local market. Um, and uh, for example, uh, in, uh, in, in this area, Serbia has taken uh, steps to attract uh, digital nomads and uh, uh, considering measures to simplified visa processes and work permits. So this is still in the pipeline, uh, but the, the government sees this as, as something where uh, they should focus on. Um, and uh, the, there is a clear need for uh, reform in uh, uh, employment and investment laws to support uh, the hiring of international talent further and to adapt to the realities of this uh, uh, remote and flexible uh, 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 working models. So those work arrangements. So, yes, we uh, we are hoping for more legislative changes uh, in that uh, direction. A lot of changes in the future, right? <laughs> should should be hopefully. Yeah. Any final remark or suggestion, either for startups or for investors, Maria? For startups, let's start with them. Um, getting familiar with um, key features of a legal framework applicable to their business. This is crucial if they want to avoid unnecessary burden and costs later on. Staying ahead in legal compliance, especially in IP and employment law, is crucial. Uh, for um, investors, well, uh, our suggestion would be to continue navigating uh, the unique CE landscape with a focus on uh, due diligence um, and understanding of uh, the regional market dynamics. Okay. Big thanks, Lucia, Dragana, Maria. It was a pleasure. Uh, thanks uh, to everyone for listening. And if you missed any of our previous episodes, you can find them on the CMS website or revisit, rewatch, re-listen them via your LinkedIn profile or wherever you watch or listen to your podcasts. Thanks. See you next time. Mm -hmm.